Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to episode 167 of The Big Cruise Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, my name is Baz. I'm one of your hosts, and uh, we will have Chris with us uh, in just a minute. He actually uh, just got off uh, Queen Elizabeth, and uh, will be sharing his experience. Of course, he's been delivering uh, enrichment lectures on board Cunard, so uh, doing what he does best, uh, which means uh, you've got me solo for the news this week, folks. I do apologise. But before we do get through to that, um, we had an excellent review drop in on uh, Apple Podcasts. So uh, thank you to Rebecca in New York. Uh, you said, I'm so happy to have recently discovered the podcast, which is the best cruise podcast I have found. I have long been a fan and follower of Chris Frame, one of the hosts for his excellent cruise history videos and books. And he and Baz, the primary host, are wonderful at sharing their passion. Thank you, Rebecca. That really, really does mean a lot. And I know we often say, uh, please do listen, like, subscribe and share with uh, fellow cruise lovers. But uh, it really does mean a lot when you uh, take the effort to leave that review. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the the bottom of our hearts. Now, we've also been having a lot of uh, questions dropping in. And if yourself, you have a question that you want to send through to us, you can do so via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. Click on Join the Show in the top right-hand corner, and that will allow you to send uh, an email to us. Or you can record a voice note or a voice message on the website. It's a grey microphone over towards the right-hand side. Record your question as audio, send it through, and then we can weave you into uh, the show as well. Uh, So we've got a couple of listener questions which I'm going to answer before we uh, get Chris to uh, join us and tell us about his Queen Elizabeth experience. Scott Walsh wrote in and said... uh, Absolutely love the show. Listen to it weekly. My family and I are thinking of going on a uh, Serenity of the Seas cruise, doing two legs of the Asian Pacific from uh, Beijing through to Dubai. That is, of course, the uh, the world cruise that Royal Caribbean is doing for the first time. We have a two-year-old, two-year-old baby. Uh, should be interesting uh, listening topic on our return. Um, and if you've got any tips for, for traveling uh, with a young child um, on this world cruise. Well, my only uh, thought, Chris, to Scott, sorry, is um, just go and enjoy it. Um, I do generally find that the passengers on a world cruise tend to get 
a little cranky <laughs> towards the end. Well, not cranky. They just become a bit possessive. They think of the ship as their own, which, you know, fair enough, they're on for a very long time. Um, some of them love kids, some of them don't. Um, so you'll find your, your way um, of uh, enjoying that uh, that part of the world cruise, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, we can't wait to hear about it when you return. So thank you for, for getting in touch. We also had a question from Phil in Victoria. Chris and Baz, do you know why Carnival Corporation brands are turning their back on Melbourne as a home port, particularly for Cunard and Princess? Yes, um, if you're elsewhere in the world, you're probably not aware, but um, uh, Carnival Corporation made an announcement over the uh, the last month or so that uh, Cunard would be uh, pulling out of not only Melbourne, but also Australia as well, uh, not sending Queen Elizabeth down to Australia. Um, they're going to be using her in the Caribbean instead. Um and Princess have also said that they will be pulling a ship out of Melbourne and repositioning her up to Brisbane. Now, the reality is that uh, Melbourne ports have put the prices up quite considerably with no kind of prior notice. Um, and the cruise lines just can't keep absorbing these extra costs. Australia is also a very, very expensive... Sorry, Australia is already a very, very expensive uh, place to operate uh, from the the cost of uh, berthing and provisioning, etc., down here, when compared to other places in the world. So uh, the cruise lines do often, you know, juggle the challenges of uh, where can they get the best return, where can they uh, acquire provisions, acquire fuel, uh, docking uh, permits, etc., um, easier. Um, and it's obviously become a little bit too difficult in Victoria. Um, now, it has become a bit of a political hot potato, different parts of government, state versus uh, local uh, versus um, federal, um, kind of all blaming different parts of government. The reality is it just needs to be fixed. Um, we need cruise industry down here. It generates about $380 million um, to the Victorian economy. So it's it's really important that uh, we uh, find a way to uh, to reverse that. Obviously, the ship's already made their decisions for 25-26. Uh, um, we hope that we can... Uh, reverse that and get uh, Cunard back and of course more Princess and more of any cruise line that wants to come and play in Australian waters it'd be uh, very much encouraged but yeah that that's the kind of background story um, just basically an increase in costs and uh, difficulty in uh, securing berths I think is uh, what it boils down to and one last question before we uh, hand over to Chris and lastly we have a question from Tom Mullen in Connecticut in the US of A uh, one of my all-time favourite ships was the Oceanic uh, from 1965. I would love to know more about the history of home lines. Love the podcast. I'm a regular listener. You both do a great job. Well, thanks, Tom. Thanks for that great question. Unfortunately, that is a question for um, Chris, and uh, he's unavailable today because he's travelling back from Queen Elizabeth. But I will kindly send that over to him, and uh, we will do our very best to answer that in uh, in the next episode. But let's take a very short break and uh, let's get Chris on to tell us all about what he's been up to on Queen Elizabeth. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, Baz, and hello from on board Queen Elizabeth. We are on our final day at sea on the way across to Adelaide from Fremantle. And this started off the Queen Elizabeth's 2023-2024 uh, Australian season. Uh, and I know there's been a lot of uh, chatter online about Cunard's decision not to bring the ship back for a dedicated season uh, in the future once Queen Anne's in service and to rely on both Queen Victoria and Queen Anne on their world cruises for Australian cruising. So I thought it was a nice opportunity to just share what things were like on board for the start of this current season, which runs through until 2024. So the ship is in local waters for uh, several months uh, this summer. 
So embarkation took place in Fremantle and on checking in, uh, everybody was given an allocated time to arrive at the terminal. My time was two o'clock uh, embarkation, so arrived there just before that, uh, handed in luggage and then uh, was asked to proceed through to um, waiting area in the upper level of the Fremantle passenger terminal to wait to embark on the ship. Um, this gives you an opportunity to go out onto a viewing deck and we got some great pictures of Queen Elizabeth alongside. Uh, she was berthed uh, stern in, so some images of the aft uh, end of the ship which I'll send you to share in the show notes. Um, the terminal is really interesting because it's a heritage listed building. It was created during the era of the ocean liner and uh, interestingly enough as I'm sitting here on the ship recording this an airplane has just flown over us quite low so it gives an indication that we're quite close to land um, but back to the Fremantle terminal the uh, terminal was built for the ocean liner service the assisted passage scheme uh, people used to use this terminal to arrive in Australia for the first time and on the upper level in the uh, waiting area there's actually a whole heap of plaques from the various different passenger ships that had visited the Fremantle Passenger Terminal during those uh, years in the, in the 1970s and into the 1980s. And so um, I was looking at some of the names and it included uh, ships like uh, Queen Elizabeth II, um, Sargafjord, but a lot of the P&O ships, Arcadia, Canberra, Oriana, uh, that operated on the Assisted Passage Scheme here, as well as ships from the Chandras Line as well. Um, and I pretty sure I took a couple of pictures of that which I can also share you for the show notes. Um, now embarkation uh, once we got through check-in and got to the ship it was all very smooth. Um, boarded the ship on the deck three or lifeboat deck level uh, and came on board to find that the whole ship's been decorated in Christmas decorations which is lovely. She was looking very festive um, and all lit up uh, beautifully inside with uh, Christmas trees and, and wreaths and, and decorations throughout. And in fact, I noticed on some of the cabin uh, doors, particularly the suites, there were also um, beautiful uh, Christmas wreaths as well. Uh, the whole process of um, mustering and lifeboat drill has changed significantly since the pandemic, as I know that you're aware. Um, on Queen Elizabeth, we are actually directed to our muster station on embarkation. Um, and did that. Our muster station was just by the Britannia restaurant uh, and then straight to the cabin. The TV was already on and tuned to the channel with the cab cabin briefing, the uh, safety briefing, which we listened to uh, and, of course, familiarised ourselves with who the life jackets were. And I think in this new world of um, a more, um, you know, digitised or remote um, mustering process it is important that um, everybody who's traveling does take a few moments just to familiarize themselves with where their life jackets kept where their muster station is and how they'd get there from their cabin because of course uh, in an emergency you want it to be second nature uh, after that um, the captain did an announcement to go over all of the safety procedures on board the ship um, we managed to uh, grab a, a bite up on deck um, there's a burger grill on the aft deck near the swimming pool uh, and grabbed some food there and then actually went for a swim um, right there in Fremantle Harbour and so that was really quite um, quite lovely. Now I was on board as a guest lecturer so I was lecturing um, on this trip on this last uh, three days um, about the history of Cunard and this always requires a, um, a 
tech meeting as well. Um, I actually uh, have been on board Queen Elizabeth so many times that it was all very, very quick to get uh, um, all the technical side of things worked out um, with them just over the telephone. So it was nice and fast this time around. Uh, and uh, everything worked smoothly uh, in the theatre on the following day. Uh, day one at sea was a lovely day. It was quite nice outside, uh, quite good weather, so we managed to enjoy some time out on the open decks. I had a 10 o'clock lecture in the morning, which was early Cunard, um, going into the history of the Cunard fleet from the foundation back in 1840 and their first ship, the Unicorn, as well as her sister ship uh, and first purpose-built ship, the Britannia, um, and the early Cunard ships that operated on the transatlantic run all the way through to the end of World War One, And uh, the, you know, the theatre is a beautiful place, the Royal Court Theatre is a beautiful place to give lectures. Um, there's always, um, you know, lo- lovely sight lines of the audience. You can get a really good sense to um, how much people are enjoying it. And I had an introduction from one of the crew staff at the beginning of the talk. Um, we'd actually just updated all of the slide decks for my entire suite of lectures and this was the first time taking the early Cunard one out for a, um, for a spin, for want of a better word, um, and uh, it just looked, it looked superb on the screen so I was really happy with that. Uh, ship's uh, atmosphere was really positive, there were um, various events on throughout, throughout the day. Um, most popular events included things like uh, bingo and uh, the trivia, very popular, multiple trivia games throughout the day in either the Garden Lounge or the Golden Lion Pub and those were uh, packed out, in fact, standing room only and um, on the first day we tried to tried to join in but unfortunately there was no space for us so we actually went and had a drink at one of the other bars up at the Commodore Club which is a beautiful place to have a view over the front of the ship. Uh, moving along for the second day at sea, my talk was uh, all about the Cunard Queens, Queen Mary and uh, and Queen Elizabeth and of course a little reveal at the beginning that uh, Berengaria, named after Richard the Lionheart's uh, Queen Consort, was actually the first Cunard Queen and she entered service as war reparations after World War One. So that's always a nice little story to share with, um, with passengers on board. The um, second talk was at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning uh, again in the Royal Court Theatre, really good crowd. People always um, love to hear about the Cunard Queens and so we had uh, a great number of people coming along to listen to the stories of those famous ships that helped um, so valuably in World War II to um, bring troops across the North Atlantic uh, in support of the Allied war effort. The second uh, day at sea we got to spend some time in the best suite on board the ship. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Dave Oakes, who was, uh, who's a travel agent who lives here in, um, in Australia, he actually had the Q1 suite, um, the Charles suite at the aft end of the ship and um, that was superb to get a chance to have a look around that accommodation. The, the room is enormous, it's got a variety of different um, spaces inside for for you to enjoy. There's a there's a great room. There's a bedroom. It's also got a um, a bath. There's a dining room. There's a butler's area at the front uh, of the, of the um, of the cabin. There's a huge balcony at the aft end that has a view over the stern, and another balcony that has a view over the side. Um, and uh, this was an absolutely 
um, lovely uh, space to spend some time. And um, all the Q1s come with a butler. And uh, the butler in Dave's room was uh, uh, Edwin, who I'm almost 100% sure was actually a waiter in the Mauritania restaurant when I traveled on QE2 back as a teenager. So, <laughs> um, and we got talking about his, um, his time on board the ship and, and with Cunard. So I'm pr pretty sure I've uh, reunited with a, with a former, um, former friend from, from QE2 there in the Q1 suite. Um, dinner that night was in the veranda and um, I um, always like to try out the extra um, special restaurants on board of the various different cruise ships and had dinner in veranda. Um, I've had dinner in veranda on board Queen Elizabeth before. Um, if you look back to the um, January trip report that I did about Queen Elizabeth's trip to New Zealand. Um, I talked quite a bit about Veranda then. It's in a previous podcast episode. Um, but this time again, it was a really superb experience. Um, I had um, the lobster cocktail for my starter. I had um, the sole uh, fish for my main and it comes with all sorts of side dishes. You can choose from a selection of sides. Um, there was a uh, sort of a cooked potatoes in cream side dish. I can't remember its exact name, but it was absolutely, it was a showstopper. Absolutely amazing. Um, could totally have just gone and had a big bowl of that. It was just so tasty. Um, but there was also chips. There was steamed vegetables. Uh, there was an asparagus uh, uh, side in, in sauce. Uh, and uh, the helpings were very sizable. Afterwards, for dessert, I had the chocolate chip skillet cookie. It's cooked fresh. It comes out in a piping hot skillet on a wooden block, and it's just amazing. I mean, so good, but I was so full afterwards, um, which is always uh, a bit of a challenge. Now, if you're in the Cunard World Club and you have uh, diamond status, you can get lunch in the um, veranda for free uh, and for dinner it's a, just a $20 surcharge if you have diamond status um, and so just keep that in mind if you travel with Cunard a lot it's definitely worth trying out. Day three at sea my talk was the QE2 talk uh, the history of uh, what is still my favorite passenger ship uh, all these years later she's just got such a remarkable story and was so important in preserving Cunard but also uh, in the story of modern day cruising uh, and that is again another one that people love because so many people traveling on the ship have memories of QE2 and their times on board QE2. Uh, but um, of course as these things go three days at sea it all just goes too, too fast and uh, and before we knew it, knew it, it's now approaching the last night at sea. Tonight we have the captain's reception for the Cunard World Club, which is a party that's put on uh, by the Cunard World Club representatives to thank everybody for travelling um, with Cunard. You are usually introduced to the various officers that are running the ship, as well as um, getting an opportunity to hear who has been travelling the most. And sometimes you can get numbers of uh, nights on board which are quite remarkable up in the in the thousands of nights on board the Cunard ship so that's always quite interesting uh, and a great place to to meet and mingle with other uh, people who travel frequently on board Cunard. Tomorrow we will arrive in Adelaide the ship's due alongside at seven o'clock in the morning I have to leave the ship pretty early to catch a flight uh, and prepare for my next trip which is going to be on board the Celebrity Edge and 
I just can't wait to try out Celebrity Edge. It's going to be so exciting to um, see this ship in Australian waters uh, and experience the Trans-Tasman crossing uh, on her across to New Zealand. Baz, I know you're also traveling this coming week with a uh, voyage on board Virgin Voyages. And so um, we will both be bringing separate, um, fully comprehensive reviews of our experiences on board the various uh, ships in the next few weeks. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this little snapshot of life on board Queen Elizabeth. And back to you, Baz. It's my turn to sail solo, and uh, I'm bringing you the latest uh, cruise news from around the world. Don't worry, there's not too much this week, I think. Uh, everybody's been a little preoccupied with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and uh, other activities around the world. So let's kick off with the first news from Viking uh, this past week. Um, they have actually floated out their newest ship. That's right, Viking floated out the 998 guest Viking Vela, uh, which is scheduled to debut in December of 2024. On the day in particular, the Viking crew members cut the ribbon, which signified the start of uh, the flow of water into the uh, dry dock building, which then is a two-day process to uh, refloat the reversible, and then she is then moved to a nearby outfitting dock for a final construction and interior build-out. The Viking Vela is classified as a small ship. Um, she is only 54,300 tonnes. 499 staterooms carrying 998 guests and she will join the award-winning <coughs> and she will join the award-winning ocean fleet sister ships which include the viking star viking sea viking sky viking orion viking jupiter viking venus viking mars the viking neptune and viking saturn so well done to viking and in some of the news from viking they announced that they uh, will be returning to antarctica for the third season Viking celebrated the start of its third expedition season Antarctica this past week with Viking yacht Tantis and her identical ship Viking Polaris arriving into the region. Both ships will spend the austral summer in Antarctica before returning to North America's Great Lakes for voyages throughout the spring and summer and early fall. To meet the strong demand for Antarctica, Viking have also announced that the 25-26 season is now open for booking, including a cracking itinerary, an 87-day expedition from the Arctic to Antarctica, sailing from Nook in Greenland to Ushuaia in Argentina. That voyage is set to depart in December of 2025, allowing guests to enjoy the uh, historic waterways of the Canadian High Arctic before sailing down the east coast of North and South America, calling on ports in the Caribbean, Peru, and exploring the Chilean glaciers before continuing to Antarctica. And the polar-class Viking Octantis and Viking Polaris carry only 378 guests and 189 staterooms. Next, we have some great news from Carnival. We've been uh, helping out to transport over six tons of school, recreation, and health supplies. That's right, over six tons of school, recreation, and health supplies were donated by the Rotary International District for children in Merida and Progreso, part of the Yucatan communities of Mexico. To celebrate the arrival of the items, Carnival welcomed dignitaries, including the Yucatan Undersecretary of Tourism <coughs> and Rotary Leaders, and held a reception on board the Carnival Villa in Progreso. Uh, Viking International District collected over 1,300 pounds, that's approximately, or just shy of 6,000 kilograms of supplies, including books, feminine hygiene kits, and even soccer balls, or as I call them now, ballons of football. Uh, districts through Texas and Oklahoma contributed to the items and fundraised uh, to uh, 
purchased some of the items which then later sailed on Carnival Law from New Orleans to Progresso. So well done Carnival for, for helping out with that one. Princess of the Sea announced uh, that they have partnered with an iconic brand to uh, further enhance its food and beverage portfolio with a partnership with the legendary Hall of Fame pitcher and legendary rancher Nolan Ryan. Guests on board Regal Princess sailing out of Galveston, Texas can now enjoy Goodstock by Nolan Ryan, where Angus beef, uh, prime black Angus beef, is uh, offered in its finest setting. To uh, And lastly, I told you it was uh, light on news this week. Uh, Crystal have announced that they've got a number of departures where there is zero or very, very little solo supplement. Um, basically, you need to, uh, to visit your local clear accredited cruise agent or jump onto the Crystal website and search for these voyages which were departed in late uh, 2020 into 2024. Uh, but you do need to book by the 31st of December to qualify for the zero signal supplement. So uh, if that appeals, jump on and take a look or speak to your local travel advisor. <laughs> Hi, Chris again. Just wanted to let you know that if you're interested in checking out the best suite on board Queen Elizabeth, you can see a video tour of the suite on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash chrisframeofficial. Back to you, Baz. Thanks, Chris. And of course, thank you also to those listeners uh, that sent in the questions that we featured in this week's episode. Just a quick reminder, if you want to send in a question, you can do so in one of two ways. Jump on the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. Click on join the show if you want to send an email and tell us, uh, type out your question. But you can also leave a voice message or a voice note. Just look for that little grey microphone, record it, send it on over, and uh, we'll stitch that in to a future episode. Uh, apologies, I know there are a number of you waiting to do ship reviews. Um, my computer is still in for repair, so I'm using an alternative at the moment. Once that computer is back, I'll be back in touch and uh, lock you in so that we can weave your cruise reviews into future editions. Uh, but uh, whatever you're doing over the next week, I hope it involves uh, at least thinking about a cruise for the future. Uh, maybe you're already planning one, who knows? But, uh, but stay well, I will be back with you the same time next week. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.